Moms, we celebrate you this morning. You are hard-working moms. And I think that the uh, the pastors all got together and decided that that would be a good thing on this Mother's Day, and that was to have Annette preach at the South Campus and have me preach at the North so we could just continue being hard-working moms. Is that the deal? So... <laughs> Well, it is great to see all of you in the house of the Lord today, and we do celebrate today. It is a special day as we celebrate our moms, or the moms that are here today, holy, godly women who are serving Jesus Christ. But you know what we've been doing these last few weeks? We got so excited about Easter, and we still have our Easter decorations up, because we're excited about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, aren't we? And today happens to be the sixth Sunday of Easter. So let's give this a try. He is risen! He is risen Amen! And so today on this Mother's Day, we're going to take time to look at the women of the resurrection. Who were those women that were a part of that Easter celebration? Who were the women that would have been celebrating the sixth Sunday of Easter so many years ago? We're returning to those days and we're going to take a peek in on the lives of some of those women that were following Jesus those days. Evangeline Booth, she's the daughter of the founders of the Salvation Army. She said it this way. On that first Good Friday, when all the apostles had forsaken the crucified Christ and fled from the scene of his redeeming agony, it was the women who were the last seen at the cross watching him there. And on the morn of the resurrection, when the night was still unlit by the first hint of the brightest dawn in history, the women were not afraid to risk the perils of those riotous streets and make their way loyally and modestly and reverently to the silent tomb. It was in the body of a woman that Christ was born. And the souls of women were the cradles of the church. And so today... As on that first Easter Sunday morning, we're going to look at these women of the resurrection. And there's none more prevalent from that morning than this lady, Mary Magdalene. And I want us to take a moment to understand her a little bit better this morning. That Mary who was there on that first Easter morning. So let's take a moment and look into the scriptures and see what we can learn about Mary Magdalene. John 20 verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One was at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said. Why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for and thinking he was the gardener? She said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. 
Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them all the things that he had said to her. Mary Magdalene, this young lady. Well, there's more that we know about her. There's more that we learn about her life. And, and it's really Mark that fills us in on a few details if we look at Mark 16:9, When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. That's who Mary was. Mary was this lady who had been filled with evil spirits. And and Luke just confirms it. He says, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. Mary Magdalene, a woman that had had a very, very troubled past. A woman who had been demon-possessed, but Jesus had set free. Now let me tell you, sometimes in church tradition, we can kind of mess up the story even more than what's in the Word of God. How many times have we heard that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute or she was the woman that came and wiped Jesus' feet with her hair? If you look really closely at the Bible, those stories aren't there. As a matter of fact, it was a pope, Pope Pius VI, that turned her into a prostitute. She never was one before that. So I want us to really look at Mary Magdalene today, the real woman for who she really was. You see, she was one of the followers of Jesus Christ. She was on Team Jesus. She was one of the ones that followed him around. She was a disciple. Luke actually identifies her as one of those who supported the group. And have you ever noticed who is standing around the cross when Jesus is dying? Let's look at Mark 15, 40 through 41. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. Now, do you get this picture? Mary Magdalene, a woman who's been completely set free from the demons in her life, and she becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. She's going to follow him everywhere that he goes. A woman that is wanting all of her life and her service to be to God. She's willing to work. And do you understand these women followed all the disciples around? They were part of the disciples. They fed them. They cared for them. They helped to take care of them day after day after day. And so here is this woman who has now spent probably at least two years following him around, giving all that she can to take help care of him. And the night that Jesus dies, Mary follows the men. She watches him die. And in the darkness of night, when a woman should not be out on the streets, she follows around in the shadows, and she watches where they lay him in a tomb. She makes sure she knows exactly where it is. And there's no time to prepare his body for burial. It's too late. The Sabbath is begun. And she goes home and she spends the Sabbath at home when she cannot go out. And finally it is on the first day of the week. 
as early in the morning as she can go out because it is her Savior. It is the one that she has cared for for years and he has died. And she goes to that tomb early in the morning to continue to care for him even though he has died. But instead, she discovers that he has been raised from the dead. And suddenly this woman, this follower of Jesus, becomes the very first evangelist there ever is. An evangelist is one who carries the good news. She's the one who had the good news. She knew that he had risen. She was excited. She runs back to the other disciples and she says, He is risen! All right, let's try it one more time. He is risen! This woman... She's excited about this news. But here we are. We are living between the weeks of the resurrection and the weeks ahead of Pentecost. You see, they were living in those days as well. And by now, the sixth week, he had appeared to them several times. And they're living in anticipation of what's going to come. But can't you imagine? They don't even know what's going to come. They don't really understand this. And Jesus tells them that they're supposed to go to Jerusalem. And we find in Acts 1.14 that they all had gathered and it says constantly together they were devoting themselves to prayer together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. And we know that they stayed there, including Mary Magdalene, and they prayed until the power of the Holy Spirit was poured out upon those people. And Mary, a woman who was so grateful for all that Jesus had done for her, At that point, she becomes willing to follow him for the remainder of her life. History tells us that she goes on and follows and is a disciple of Jesus Christ for the rest of her life. But she's not the only Mary that's there that day on that Easter morning. She's not the only Mary that's involved in the story of that time. Every now and then they refer to that other Mary. Who's the other Mary at that time? It's Mary, the mother of Jesus. And you know what? We in the Protestant tradition, we're not always really good at honoring Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're a little bit nervous about that sometimes. But you know what? There is so much that this lady has offered us. And on Mother's Day, what greater mother is there but the one that carried our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Again, Evangeline Booth, she had this to say about Mary. The gentle and courageous maiden of Nazareth in whose virgin heart there was inspired the supreme hope of our salvation, who bore the Christ of God, the word of love made flesh, and by her submission to the pains and toils of Bethlehem and Nazareth, she prepared for us our redemption. Wow. What can we learn from her? First of all, I want to tell you this. She was a woman of great faith. Now, just imagine this. The angel Gabriel shows up to this teenage girl. And he begins to tell her what God is going to do. And for the first time in the word, we hear this. For nothing is impossible with God. My husband loves that verse. But that verse of scripture comes to us when the angel Gabriel is talking to this little teenage girl, Mary. And he's saying, hey, Mary, this is what's going to happen. And nothing, nothing is impossible with God. 
Now put yourself in Mary's place. What would you have said? I would have said, yeah, right. Are you kidding? You want me to do what? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. That would be pretty shocking to have that happen to us. And yet, here is her response. We find it in Luke 1.38. She says, I am the Lord's servant, and may it be to me as you have said. A woman of faith. That's who Mary was. A woman who trusted God. A woman who believed that with God all things truly were possible. Well, we hear snippets of Mary through the years in the Bible. And, um, you know, maybe we get a little idea of her parenting and what that might have been like. I try to imagine what it must have been like when Jesus was 12 years old. Now, just imagine, moms, you've all gone on this trip together. You've ended up in Jerusalem. You've been there for a few days. The family's packing up. You're going home. You figure that Jesus is back there playing with his cousins. And you get down the road, and all of a sudden, he's not there. And, you know, mom and dad are frantic, I am imagining. Now, we always imagine Mary is this nice, holy mom. But imagine you've lost your 12-year-old. I'm not sure that she probably was really calm and quiet at this moment. And they have to travel all the way back to Jerusalem. They get to the temple, and there he is. And can you imagine? I'm not thinking that Mom Mary went, Oh, it's so wonderful to find my son here in the temple. I'm guessing she probably went, Jesus, what do you think you're doing? I mean, what are we going to do as moms? We're wondering where our kid is and what he's up to. She had a mom's heart. This was her boy. He'd been lost for days. But she loved him. They took him back home with them. But now we hear of her again, and it's the time of her son's death. A mom that I believe never really wanted to let her son out of her sight. I mean, she wasn't happy when she lost him when he was 12. Now we look at John 19.25, and it says this, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, this is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. It's believed that possibly three of the disciples were actually brothers of Jesus. We don't know this for sure, but just imagine what kind of a mother Mary must have been to raise a son that goes on to become the Messiah. And not only to raise a son who goes on to become the Messiah, but this is pretty tricky. She raised three boys that respected their older brother enough that they would follow him around. Now, think about that, moms. You got younger kids? Do you think they really like following their older sibling around? I think there was something special about what Mary was able to pull off. We also believe from history that uh, Joseph was older and he passed away and he ends up leaving Mary as a single mother with six children. Her name is not mentioned again after the day of Pentecost, but church tradition and history has her moving with one of the disciples who may have been Jesus' brother, and eventually she dies while she's living near the town of Ephesus. Now this tells us something about her. You see, why did she end up in Ephesus, not back in Nazareth or, or Capernaum? How come she ended up over there? Only because of this. Because she stayed loyal to being a follower of her son even after he went up into heaven. 
you see the Christians ended up being persecuted and they had to disperse all over in their part of the world. And the reason she ends up out in Ephesus is that's where a bunch of the followers of Jesus Christ go. So she had to have gone with them. And so we can imagine that her entire life she remains devoted to this group of believers who had followed her son. A young mom who gave up everything to take care of a baby that she had out of wedlock. A young mom who raises her other children to love and respect their big brother and to recognize that there was something different and unique about him. She was a mother who stood at the side of her son and kept her eyes on him while he died on a cross, staying with him to the end. She loved him to the end. She was a mom who received the good news that her son was alive A mom who experienced her son appearing to her and to others. A mom who believed that her son had promised about the coming Holy Spirit. A mother who went to an upper room with the rest of the son's followers and awaited the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And a mother who received the promised blessing of her son. A mother who spent the remainder of her life as a minister of the good news about her very own son. It's Mother's Day. But we are living in the days of Easter. In the days following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mary, we have a lot to learn from her. But let us move forward in history just a little bit. Let me take you until the mid-300s. Now, Christianity's kind of been around for a while, but it's really not totally popular yet at this point in time. But I want you to meet another young mom. Another young mom that is living in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Her name is Emily, St. Emily And uh, this is a young lady that was born, and her parents both passed away. She ends up becoming an orphan. She's raised in an orphanage. And as she becomes a teenager in this orphanage, she's blossoming into a beautiful young lady. And there are lots of men that would like to have this young lady. But there's an older gentleman in town, a follower of Jesus Christ, and he wants to protect this young girl. And he takes her, and he marries her, and she becomes the wife of the priest that's in town. She wholeheartedly gives her heart and life to Jesus Christ. She knows the resurrection of Jesus Christ. She believes that Jesus is alive. And then she prays until she is so filled with God's Holy Spirit that God just moves and works in her life in a powerful way. She gets to know her mother-in-law really well. Her mother-in-law, her name is Macrina. And Macrina is an amazing woman. A woman that lived under the persecution of the Caesars of that time and actually had to live in caves underground, but held on to her faith in Jesus Christ in the face of that death and persecution that she saw in her days. And so together, Grandma Macrina and Emily begin to raise these children. Eventually, ten children are born to this household. And all the children are trained at home to know the Word of God and to serve Jesus with all of their hearts. These women just poured themselves out. Two of the sons go on to become bishops of the church of the day. The oldest daughter goes on to form the first female monastery in the Western world. And of her ten children, four of them become canonized as saints in the church. But what kind of a mother was she, St. Emily? Her sons tell us this. They say she was so much like the woman that we find in Proverbs 31. And what does that mean? It means her children arise and call her blessed and her husband also, and he praises her. 
Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. A woman who fears the Lord. Emily knew the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. But not only did she know the resurrected Jesus, she knew the power of Pentecost. She was a woman who at a young age wholeheartedly devoted her life to Jesus Christ and he filled her with his Holy Spirit. And she became a world changer. How in the world did little St. Emily become a world changer? Well, the two oldest sons that became bishops were great theologians of their day. And those theologians were involved in the debates of their day where they were trying to understand the Holy Trinity. And they helped to carve out something that we know today as the Nicene Creed. Well, you see the things that those boys wrote and the things that they worked on have become a foundation for all of Christianity. Her two boys, they still affect us today. You see, a mom, a mom who lived in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and because of her, the world was changed forever. And I want us to look at one more mom today on this Mother's Day. I want us to move ahead in history until just 300 years ago to a girl by the name of Susanna Wesley. She was the mother of Two boys that many people have heard of, John and Charles Wesley. They were two young men that lived just 300 years ago. But Susanna had a lot in common with Mary and with Emily as well. You see, she was just a young lady of 20 when she met a boy named Samuel Wesley. They got married. By the time she was 27, she'd given birth to seven children, three of whom had died. She was raised in a Christian home. She was the daughter of a minister, and she was committed to raising her children to love the Lord. She knew the resurrected Christ, and she had wholeheartedly committed her life to the Lord. This is what she said. She said, I am content to fill a little space if God be glorified. And her little space was to be a mother who would raise her children to love the Lord with all their heart. How did she do that? Well, she homeschooled, the, ah, see if I can talk. she homeschooled them all. She eventually gave birth to 20 children. They did not all survive. Each child was given one hour of individual one-on-one training every week. They would get to sit with their mother for an hour, who would begin to pry them with questions about how are you doing spiritually? What are you doing to improve your spiritual life, children? She was also a woman that just believed wholeheartedly in serving God no matter what. Her husband, who was the parish priest, they lived next door in the parsonage. Her husband left for a church conference. And it wasn't like he was just gone for a week. He actually left for a month. And he left her at home with all the kids. And he put somebody else in charge of the church while he was gone. This other gentleman was preaching on Sunday mornings. And evidently, he did not do a very good job. And they say after a few weeks, the crowd had dwindled down to about 16 people attending church on Sunday morning, and Susanna was not too pleased with what was happening. 
And she felt like this was especially not good for her children. Her children really needed to hear the word. So she decided that she would begin her own worship services in her kitchen on Sunday afternoons. It began with her children. Well, she would read from the Bible, they would sing some songs, and then she would pull out one of her husband's old sermons and read it to the children. But let me tell you something. Susanna was a woman filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit began to visit upon that kitchen. And more people began to hear about Susanna's Sunday afternoon worship services and began to ask if they could come. And after just a short period of time, she had up to 200 people trying to cram into the parsonage on Sunday afternoons. Now, the guy preaching on Sunday mornings, he wasn't real happy about this. So he sends a note off to Samuel and says, you can't believe what your wife is doing. She's just stirring up trouble and she's having church on Sunday afternoons. So Samuel writes a letter back to his wife and he says, okay, honey, you've got to stop your Sunday afternoon church services because this is not good. The guy on Sunday morning is getting upset. She writes her husband back and says, okay, I'll stop them when God tells me to stop them. (laughs) They didn't stop until her husband came back home and they were all returned back to to the church and they were preaching. He was preaching there again. A strong, powerful woman that believed that she was to love God and serve God with all of her heart and to raise children that knew that the priority was to love God with all their heart. As a mom, what was the result? John, he went on to be the leader of one of the greatest Christian movements in all of history. The Methodist revival of the 18th century absolutely transformed England And then it spilled over into the colonies and eventually here in these United States it touched every single state of our union. Her son Charles became one of the greatest and most prolific songwriters of all time. You may not know this, but John and Charles changed church and how we have church forever. Did you know that before Charles came along that we didn't have congregational singing in churches? People used to have the little choirs or the cantors, the people that sang. John and Charles said, hey, everybody ought to be singing songs, and everybody began. And they have changed how worship happens in Protestant churches all over the world, those two boys. They worshiped the resurrected Christ. They moved on to Pentecost, and they became world changers. Could it all have been the results of a mother's prayers and devotion to raising her children to love God with all their heart? Maybe so. Today we've talked about the women who lived in the power of the resurrection. It's Mother's Day. But I want to ask you this question. What did all those women have in common? Here's what it was. They moved on from the resurrection. And they made it to Pentecost. And they were entirely filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter today if you are a man or if you are a woman. We are on a journey, I hope, between Easter and Pentecost. Are you on that journey? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you awaiting the life-changing power that comes from Pentecost? And if you're a mom today, are you doing all that you can to raise children who are going to be world changers? Is your whole life devoted to Jesus Christ so that your children see that all you do is in service to Him? And if you're not a mom, 
Is your whole life sold out to the resurrected one? Let's just go back for a few minutes this morning. Let's go back to that Easter Sunday morning. Let's go back to Mary Magdalene, the woman who came to the tomb. The moment when everything changed for all of us forever. She saw Jesus raised from the dead and she knew that nothing was ever going to be the same again. Have you seen him? Are you living in the days of the resurrection? And are you awaiting Pentecost? Let's listen in and imagine that we are there with Mary Magdalene that morning.